Hello, and welcome to Newton's Dark Room Presents Broadcast, monthly updates from the Newton's Dark Room Collective. This month, we have quite the follow-up to our Banishment of the Cats, complete with ancient histories, timeless deserts, and of course, the Cats of Cal Island. But before we get to that, I want to talk about some of the new paintings that can be seen on our social media feeds and website. Before we got rid of all the cats, we hired an artist to come and paint portraits of the entire periodic litter. You can see all these paintings on our Instagram at Newton's Dark Room or on our website at newtonsdarkroom.com pets. That's newtonsdarkroom.com pets for all your Cal Island pet portrait needs. And it is worth a view because they are adorable. As I'm sure you're aware, last month we held our annual Cats vs. Dogs vote. Cats were expected to win, especially after the birth of our litter of periodic kittens. However, after a rousing speech from AI482, the entire collective instead voted for Roombas as our official new pet. As per tradition, we got rid of every pet that wasn't a Roomba, sending all the cats with Rex the Exterminator to be released in the Mojave Desert. We thought that would be the end of the story, but we were wrong. You see, not everyone was happy with the traditions of NDR. Some people wanted to keep their cats, and by some people I mean Augie Pepnia, our story editor. She was the unofficial official owner of the three-legged cat Astatine, and she adored that kitten. While all the rest of the cats were being rounded up and sent off, Augie hid Astatine in a shoebox under her bed. Augie shares a room with her sister, Sumbra, who sleeps on the top bunk. Late at night, Augie would take Astatine out of the box and spend time with her. She had a special bond with the three-legged cat. Augie is blind and couldn't see Astatine, so she would always keep a hand on the cat as they played. The two of them formed a special bond like no other. Sumpra always slept through these play sessions, not hearing the ruckus the two were causing due to her deafness. Things were looking good for Augie, and she thought she would be able to keep Astatine forever. That was until one morning when Sumpra got up late. Augie was already out of the room working on last month's broadcast when Sumpra sat on the bottom bunk to tie her shoes. Now, if you know anything about Astatine, it's that she loves to attack shoelaces. When Sumpra began flicking them around into a knot, Astatine leaped out of the shoebox to attack. It was adorable, but the secret was out. Sumpra brought it to my attention and we called a collective meeting to decide what to do about the matter. The collective was split. Half wanted to keep the cat and half wanted to send it away. The deciding vote was Augie. She set Astatine down on the ground, sat crisscross applesauce, and ran her fingers across the kitten's head. The cat began rolling on the ground, swatting playfully at the hands. Finally, Augie stood and said, she needs her family. With that, the matter was settled. We would make a trek to the mainland and journey out into the Mojave Desert to find the other periodic kittens and reunite Astatine with her brothers and sisters. We began assembling our crew. Augie demanded to go since it involved Astatine and nobody objected. Sumpra also demanded to go since it involved her little sister and again, nobody objected. I was going because I needed an excuse to get out of the house. And finally, Jack a dull boy would go because, let's be honest, it's not like he's doing too much back at the collective. With our crew formed, we made our way to the docks and sailed past Catalina all the way to the Long Beach port. From there, we made our way to the desert on foot, each wearing a backpack with some basic supplies. Augie held Astatine while Sumpra led Augie by the arm, guiding her through the streets, high desert highways, and dirt roads. Eventually, we made it. We reached the edge of the Mojave Desert, but we weren't exactly sure what to do next. 
After all, we were looking for six young cats who were just out wandering around the deserts of California. I took a deep breath and pulled out my map as Augie readjusted her hold on the sleeping Astatine. My eyes were scanning the brilliant cartography when Sumbra tapped me on the shoulder. She pointed off into the distance, and I followed her finger. She was pointing at a young boy. He was crouched down facing away from us, shirtless and in tattered shorts. His hands were swatting at something on the ground. I called out, Hey, and he spun around. The boy had six blades of grass taped to his face, three on each side. A beetle tried to fly away from behind him, but its wings were damaged and it plummeted back into the sand. Astatine let out a concerned meow and the boy snapped to attention, scrambling towards us on all fours. You have found her, the lost one, the three-legged. You are here to fulfill the prophecy and bring back peace to the barren land. He began hopping back and forth on his legs. Astatine was squirming at this point, trying to escape Augie's arms. Augie held her tighter and I tried to explain ourselves. We're just looking for a couple of cats we sent out here. The boy nodded vigorously. One of his fake whiskers started to slip off, but he firmly pressed it back on. Yes, yes, I know, the prophecy. At this point, Jack and Boy asked what we were all thinking. What was the prophecy? The shirtless boy stopped jumping and looked Jack straight in the eye. Long ago, eons and eons ago, back when the sands of the desert were still rocks, seven beings entered. One was a man, not unlike yourself. Knives, guns, and dead Roombas clinked against each other as they hung from his waist. In his arms were six kittens, sleeping. He set them down on the dirt. The elders speak of him turning to leave, but the soft mews of the darling kittens weighed heavy on his soul. That man built them a structure before he left a solitary cat-scratcher to shield them from the elements. Then he departed, never to return again. Once the man was gone, the humans of the desert crawled from their hiding places in the bushes and trees. They cautiously approached the cat-scratcher. As they saw the soft fur balls rolling around, they fell in love, devoted. They began caring for the kittens, bringing them water and food. As the cats grew, they needed a larger shelter so the humans built that for them too. The humans provided sustenance and necessities, and the cats, in turn, provided entertainment and joy. The relationship was beneficial, but still in its early stages. The cats would continue to grow. Soon, the first cat spoke. It was Cobalt, who is now roughly the size of a puma. He instructed the human subjects to build them a tower, a tower large enough for all the massive cats. The humans agreed willing servants of a new ruling class. As the tower rose, the cats took good care of their subjects, always making sure they were fed and sheltered. These were the golden years. To this time we wish to return. The boy continued. Many of the cats were content with their tower. It was large enough for all to thrive, but Cobalt wanted more. He demanded the humans continue their work, forcing them to build higher and higher, Though this caused tensions, it wasn't until the bath that the family would really start to fall apart. Cobalt wanted a bath, right at the top of the tower. This would require all the humans to work long days and to sacrifice most of the kingdom's water. Many of the cats held objections, but only one, Silver, approached Cobalt. Silver claimed that the bath was an inappropriate use of resources, and that getting your fur wet was not that great. This angered Cobalt who loved getting his fur wet. That day, Silver was banished to wander the desert. Now, 
Silver still wanders, starving and begging for food from the animal denizens of the desert. But the downfall would not stop there. Tin, a good friend of Silver, also confronted Cobalt, requesting Silver be brought home. Cobalt denied this and warned Tin of the dangers of such pursuits. That night, Tin left in secret, fearing the wrath of Cobalt. Zinc set out the next day in search of Tin, worried of her well-being, but never returned. Nickel, who always liked being dusty, disagreed with Cobalt's love of wet fur. This rift proved too powerful for familial bonds, and Nickel too left the tower. The only ones left were Bismuth, Cobalt, and the human subjects. The humans were nervous and hungry. They had seen Cobalt take resources for the bath and drive away the other beneficial rulers. The humans humbly approached Bismuth and asked him to speak some sense into Cobalt and bring the family together once more. Bismuth reluctantly agreed. That evening, he asked to speak with Cobalt. Cobalt was not interested. In fact, he was furious. He clawed at Bismuth's face, leaving a long, bloody scar from the top of his eye down through his nostrils. Bismuth left that day, taking most of the subjects with him. Now, Cobalt lives in the tower with just one other human, an old man named Valeriano, who pours the bathwater over Cobalt's fur. We have lived in anguish for a millennia now. The other humans sing songs of a final kitten, a member of the ruling family who is lost at the dawn of time, Astatine. One day, she would return and reunite the great nobles of the desert. Only then would we thrive once more. As the boy ended his story, he turned his face towards the three-legged cat. He walked right up to Astatine, stood straight on his two feet, and dragged his tongue along the top of the cat's head. His tongue left behind a trail of glowing blue light as Astatine's eyes shone the same color. The boy looked at the cat, said, It's up to you now, and then crumpled, lifeless into the sand. The light faded away into Astatine's body. We all looked at each other, then continued on into the desert. We've all seen Weirder, and honestly, we love Astatine. We wanted her to be happy and with her family. If this meant reuniting a broken kingdom and bringing prosperity back to a lifeless desert, then so be it. We would take the challenge. That's it for today. But don't worry, we'll be back with part two of this broadcast tomorrow. Come back to find out what exactly happens as we try to reunite the cats of Cal Island. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you then. You just listened to Newton's Dark Room Presents. This episode was created and performed by Talon Stradley. You can find more information on this show, The Collective, and our other podcast at newtonsdarkroom.com. You can also follow us on social media at Newton's Dark Room to stay up to date on whatever we're working on. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Produced by Newton's Dark Room.